You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we will be discussing the 2018 Netflix series Meteor Garden. But before we get into that, Chelsea, why don't you tell me what you've been doing the last two weeks since we're re-recording this episode? <laughs> uh, well, sadly, even though I had two weeks, it's still a pitiful list. But what can I say? um i saw the movie can you forgive me starring richard e grant and melissa mccarthy and that was really really good i actually think it deserved more nominations than it got um it's it's like a it's a good oscar movie that's for sure that's all i would say uh i also watched one day at a time season three which please if you haven't watched that show should watch it. I don't know if you'll like it, Katie, just because you're not a comedy person, but it's like, it's a, why do you always say that? <laughs> well, you don't like comedies. <laughs> I like comedies plenty. I just don't like comedy TV shows. Jeez. This is a comedy TV show. <laughs> so then I don't like it already. It's like, God. it's a sitcom, which I hate sitcoms, but it's definitely like a more modern feel to it like they deal with a lot of modern like issues and topics and they handle them very very well um this year in particular like they've done a very good job it's a very diverse cast the entire show is like it's a cuban family a cuban american family and like rita moreno's like the grandma and like there's a non-binary character like the daughter's a lesbian. It's like very, very diverse. It's awesome. Um, and we're hoping that it'll get renewed, but I'll be very sad if it doesn't, but you know, these things go the way they go. And then this week, actually a couple days ago, I got an ear piercing. It's a, it's called a conch piercing. So it's like literally in the middle of my ear and it hurt. It really hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've gotten a tragus piercing before, which is, like, kind of, like, inner ear, you know, part. And it wasn't that bad. Like, I didn't think it hurt that bad. It was a pain in the butt to heal, but it was fine. So, I kept going into this thinking it was going to be fine. And then when it actually was pierced, I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) That hurt more than I thought it would. But like, like, it's not that bad. Like, I I would definitely get it again. Or like, I would get it going back knowing that, that it was that painful. I would still get it. It wasn't like it put me off it or anything. But it's definitely super sore. And every time I accidentally bump my ear, it hurts so bad. But <laughs> yay for the beauty, right? <laughs> no, but uh Aoife and I actually got matching ones cuz she really wanted one and I was like, yeah, that'd be super cool. 
And I was going to get a different one. Like I was going to get one in a different place, but the piercer recommended like to not get it because he said it was really difficult to heal. So I was like, right, I'm going to take your professional opinion and (laughs) and go with that. (laughs) Uh, If the piercer is telling me I shouldn't pierce there, then I'm not going to do it. I mean, (laughs) you know. And then let's see, what else did I do? I, oh, started watching Orphan Black again because Eamon and I had started it forever ago and then just stopped and got distracted and then got distracted for like, I don't know, almost like a year or something. (laughs) So we finally were like, we need to get back to this and finish it. It's not a long show. It's like 10 episodes a season and five seasons. So it's really like, there's no excuse. Um, It's very, very good. I will say like season one was definitely more violent than I really needed it to be, but or not like violent, just like it it would, it would be explicit just to be explicit. Yeah. You know, whereas like, I think moving into season two now, I feels more earned or like it's paced out better. Whereas I feel like in season one, they were like, let's just get naked all the time. Let's just kill people and have it be really gross. <laughs> like, Let's just Lovely. pull someone's like, uh, tailbone out from their butt. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Let's, let's have that character like dance around with it afterwards. No, it was just very, very <laughs> it's very graphic in season one, but no, it's gotten a lot better. So I'm excited about that. And Katie, what have you been up to girl? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I got sick. and it was not pleasant no um because we had monday was a holiday this week so it wasn't even like a long week uh i went to work felt really awful about noon and my two co-workers were like you don't sound great so i went home yeah and worked from home and about two hours later i started running a fever and i was like i'm out (laughs) And then I took Wednesday off. Like, I slept all day long. Good. Yeah. And then I I feel a lot better. But I'm pretty sure Tiffany got me sick. So, thanks, Tiffany. Um, wow, I, Tiff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it took a long time because Tiffany and I went and saw Panic at the Disco uh, last week. And it was an amazing show. And yes. she was sick during that show. Aww. So, I'm sure, like... I mean, it's not her fault. She was just sick. I was like, yeah. you're going to the show. Like, it's for your birthday. Like, you have to go. <laughs> so she's, like, coughing in the car, and I'm sure that's how I got sick. But gotcha. it's okay. Um, But Panic at the Disco was, like, super fantastic. They sang uh, The Greatest Show, which I was super hoping that they would because I wanted to hear Brendan Urie sing it live. And it was just as magical as I thought it was going to be. Nice. Um, and I got to see Betty who also, she opened for panic and she's amazing and she's coming back for a tour in June. And I kind of want to go because she's incredible live and her new album came out at like midnight, the night of the show. So she's like, Oh, by the way, I've got a new album coming out. And we're like, Oh, well, I mean, it's really good timing. Yeah. I was like, perfect. You're just on this big (laughs) giant tour, by the way. Download my album. 
Exactly. Um, let's see. There's so much stuff. Okay. I went to West Hollywood uh, last weekend with my sister and Becca. And it. we forgot that the Oscars are actually, they're tomorrow. So they're this coming Sunday. But yeah. they started setting up last week. So like most of Hollywood Boulevard was already closed. Oh, okay. And they had like a chain link fence up and stuff. So it was like even more crowded than normal because half the walking space was taken away. Yeah. And so that was... uh both good and a mistake at the same time. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but I mean, it ended up being fun because then we ended up uh, hanging out with uh, someone else and we went out to dinner with him. And then he was like, Oh, do you guys want to go to the Sanrio store in little Tokyo? And Michelle and Becca were like, um, does that warrant a yes? <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, duh. <laughs> Yeah, so he drove us to Little Tokyo to, like, hang out. And he was supposed to go to a party with some friends, Mm -hmm. like, for his friends. And he's like, no, I can hang out with you guys. And we're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So he was just, like, carting us all around, which was, it ended up being super, super fun. Nice. Um, Let's see, I watched the Grammys because BTS performed, not didn't perform, they presented. And they were fantastic. Uh, I went to a Queen show with Karen. Uh, it was like the CD release, not CD, but like DVD release party for Bohemian Rhapsody, which ended up being like super awesome. And the official Queen cover band was there, uh, Queen Extravaganza, and it was quite the extravaganza. So <laughs> very good. It lived yes, up to its name. <laughs> yes, they were amazing. And we ended up being like super, super close. So it was like really fantastic my favorite thing is that bohemian rhapsody posted photos on their instagram from that night and they took a photo of the crowd but it just so happens that karen and i are clearly on our phone when they snap that photo and you can totally see us in the audience on our phone (laughs) they're like these two girls are not interested oh wait It's because we kept, like, taking video and pictures and stuff and, like, posting on Insta Story or Snapchat or something. So we were posting on social media, like, immediately. But it just really, it's hilarious that that's what it ended up being. Like, the one photo they post from that night is Karen and I on our phone. You would think they'd get, like, a photo where they're like, all right, everyone look up here. You know what I mean? But no. Guess not. Nope. Not at all. Um, Let's see. I co-hosted on the geek to geek podcast. Uh, which feels like forever ago because, yeah. It was. <laughs> reason. It was. Uh, where Bij and I talked about why we're super into pop culture, and he asked me a bunch of questions about, like, my pop culture experience through academia, and, and he asked me questions about K-pop and uh, how you and I got into podcasting and, like, why we're here now. Yes. Um, I started the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which is amazing. I've only watched one episode because Netflix was just being a problem when I keep trying to watch it. Like, it's Wi-Fi and just not working. Oh, okay. And it's really, really good. I read the comics uh, when they came out because Gerard Way uh, wrote it. And I'm a huge My Chemical Romance fan. So, of course. As you should be. (laughs) Yes. So, of course, I have to support anything that he does. 
Um, I'm almost caught up on Riverdale. I'm like two episodes away from being completely caught up. And I was like six episodes behind. No, more than that, like 10. So I watched like three on the day I was home sick from work and then like two more today. What'd you so, think? <laughs> um, I have no idea what's going on, to be honest. And I'm watching it. Like I'm watching it and I got no idea what's happening. Yeah, I think I've like, I've officially decided to just stop watching at the end of the season because it's just getting like bad like it, it's like it's it's bad like the whole like uh, sidebar on riverdale yeah, real sorry quick. everyone the um the whole like thing with the farm i don't understand like why her mom is just like betty's mom is just so deep with the whole farm thing she gave away her entire freaking tuition dude like yeah. that is just like ridiculous um how now she's like oh dad i'm so sorry like like now like c- getting her dad to comfort her but like apparently now her dad is hannibal lecter because that's what kind of sell and like look they got going on there yeah there's also the whole like g and g thing with the goblin king so and stupid. they've completely given up on there actually being a gargoyle king i feel like because yeah. they keep like oh we keep we keep slaying the gargoyle king and it's all these different people like when are we going to get the actual person i'm like is there an actual person this is lame i do not care and like these these are 16 year olds 16 17 year olds and they all do the stupidest like adult shit sorry (laughs) they all (laughs) they all do like the dumbest stuff like own, like owning a speakeasy and like taking like collecting debt from the businesses in town like when when what like my mom today was like don't they go to school and i no. was like oh high school is just an afterthought like archie disappeared into the wilderness and got mauled by a bear and how long was he gone but long enough to where they're like you should repeat the 11th grade and now he's like some sort of secret alcoholic who like does boxing and i'm like what is happening like, on this show? literally i love how they're like it's almost as if they're like oh wait these guys are in high school like we should have them talk about the sats Yes, exactly. Which is, like, the first time they've even brought up school in, like, six episodes. (laughs) Oh, my God, right? It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, and I'm I'm sitting here, like, like, I'm, like, yelling at the TV. I'm, like, Fred, Archie's dad. I'm, like, Archie clearly has some problems. And you're just, like, you okay, buddy? No. Your room looks like a jail cell. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's, (laughs) duh, duh. Duh. And then, like, now we've got some sort of secret cahooting going on between Hermione and FP. And, like, now he's, like, the sheriff. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I hope people weren't actually trying to catch up on Riverdale because we just spoiled, like, we spoiled a the lot last of 10 episodes. But honestly, oh, like, well. <laughs> there's, fine. there's too much that happens. Everything is high stakes that to the point it, where now everything is, like, it's all boring because... You can't, there's no high stakes when everything is high stakes. I just, I sit there and after every episode, I'm like, what is happening? Maybe the next episode will explain it. 
Nope, that made it worse. No, no. So, and I need to catch up on Roswell because Ooh, apparently yes. I'm wasting my time catching up on Riverdale, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then a crap ton of concerts were announced all together and all the concerts, tickets for those concerts all go on sale next week. So if anybody wants to hang out with me, you can't because I won't have any money. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would never do that to myself. But um, I... Yeah, but, I will but be kind making, of, <laughs> but kind of like, sort of. Anyways, don't at me about me spending money. Okay, <laughs> we've been there before. Been there before. Um. Uh. Also, so last week I kind of made, or this week, last week, whatever, I made this announcement about the Q and A episode that we're going to be having coming soon. So make sure you submit all those questions that you've been dying to ask us, because apparently Rob submitted fifty, and now we have to answer all of them. <laughs> I'm sure some of them will go quick, but yes. Yes. I was like, get your questions in now before we lose space. (laughs) I know. Uh, You can send them to us via Instagram, Twitter. You can email them to us, uh, do a comment on our website, uh, send us a message on Slack, uh, Discord, Reddit, whatever. I'll check all of the places, Facebook, all of them. I already made some posts, so comment on the posts. Yeah, there you you go. And while you're doing all that, don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the Geek2Geek podcast and Geektitude. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch stream so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games and talk about nerd stuff. And keep listening now to hear a promo for all the shows on the network. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the Geek2Geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan. And I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. And we're back. So as I mentioned before, Chelsea and I will be discussing the 2018 Netflix series Meteor Garden. So uh, we were supposed to post this last week, but like I mentioned in my solo Supernatural episode that I did, um, I messed up. So we're here again, doing it all over again. And I hope you guys enjoy this. And I'm doing some sort of weird hand dance while we're talking about this. <laughs> um, a little behind the scenes. Yes. Uh thing anyways so meteor garden 
Uh, I'm going to give you guys some background on the show, and I have walls of text to read to you uh, in the notes. So it's going to be super fun. I hope you guys like listening to my voice. And we yeah. apologize so, for mispronouncing pretty much everything. Sorry, don't add us. <laughs> yeah. So um, this TV show is Chinese, and I I'm just it doesn't matter what language it is in. I'm just real bad at pronouncing anybody's name. Oh yeah. So. Uh, yes. Me too. Me too. So, big time. So, so even though this is the second time we're recording this, I'm totally going to be saying Sun Kai's name like eight different ways in this episode. Yeah. So, okay. Just a fair warn that we're bad at pronouncing names. Anyway, so Meteor Garden uh, is a 2018 Chinese television series starring uh, Shen Yu, Dylan Wang, Darren Chen, Caesar Wu, and Connor Leong. And the series is actually a remake of the 2001 Taiwanese series, Meteor Garden. So it's the same show, like with the same name. But both of those are actually an adaptation of a Japanese manga series called Boys Over Flowers or uh, Hana Yori Dango, which was written by uh, Yoko Kamio. And the series is produced by actually the same people who did uh, the original Taiwanese series uh, did this one. So Angie Chai and directed by Lin Helong. And it's a series, uh, it's set in Shanghai and London. And this particular version of the show has 50 episodes and it's in Mandarin, but has English subtitles and it's on Netflix. So you can watch it like very easily. Yeah. Um, so the plot, uh, this show is very interesting. <laughs> So I'm going to give this like, I got this uh, plot description from IMDb and it was written, part of it was written by IMDb and then the other half was written by a person, but they didn't actually put their name. It's just a website and it's mydramalist.com slash and then it has like for Meteor Garden. So it's basically like a copy paste kind of thing. So thank you to whoever wrote this plot description. So, an ordinary girl is admitted to the most prestigious school in the country where she encounters F4, an exclusive group comprised of the four wealthiest and handsomest boys in the school. Domingsa, uh, Hutsule, Zeman, and Meizo. So, Sung Kai is an 18-year-old girl from a family that's barely able to make ends meet. Due to a turn of events, she gets accepted into a school that only accepts the upper-class elite. Um... This particular version, they're in college versus, I think, other versions. They're normally in high school. So I know for Boys Over Flowers, they were in high school, but like a very prestigious, like she was there on a scholarship kind of thing because her family is super poor. Mm -hmm. So, but for this particular version, they're in college, but I'm pretty sure it's still the whole like very prestigious college only gets accepted if you're like super awesome kind of thing. And so Zunkai uh, immediately clashes with her classmates, especially Domingsa, who is spoiled, arrogant, and a bully. And she remains defiant even after becoming a target of a series of pranks intended to torment her. And just when she's about to give up, Lei uh, always seems to show up and lend her a helping hand. Eventually, the four boys acknowledge, uh, begin to acknowledge that Zunkai's uh, unyielding personality that is like her namesake, which is that of a weed that cannot 
uh, that can never be brought down. So, like, that's what her name basically stands for. Uh, She begins to see the good in the boys, which paves the way for a friendship and an eventual romance. So, a lot of stuff happens in 50 episodes, and there's no way that we're going to be able... We're just going to scratch the surface of all the stuff that takes place in this. Yeah, because the first time we recorded this, we kept... We were, like, baffled by the fact that we couldn't really cover everything. (laughs) But we talked about so much. Which we will do again. Yes. So... (laughs) Uh, so for this, like, because there's so much going on, because there's so many episodes, and then there's, like, these side stories that also go on, that, to be honest, like, I love this show, but I also really don't care about the side stories. Like, I just want them to focus on the main, uh, basically the main love triangle, and, like, maybe, like, one, I only cared about, like, one side story, which was her friend's romance. Yeah. But outside of that, like, honestly didn't care about anything else, which is kind of sad to say. <laughs> um, so we're going to focus on what's important in the series, like the characters, the relationships, and some of the tropes that are present. Basically, every single trope you could ever think of that's in a rom-com or some sort of ro- dramatic romance, TV show, movie, they're all in this show. Yeah, all of them. All of them. <laughs> so let's start. With the characters. So I'm only going to talk about the main three, basically. So uh, Sung Kai is a freshman at Mingda University's Department of Food and Science Nutrition, who also works part-time at a bubble tea shop with her best friend, Zhao Yu. So she is a strong-willed, stubborn, and compassionate girl who doesn't allow herself or others to be bullied. And after angering Domingsa, she receives the sacred Joker card from F4, who challenges her to a match of contract bridge or poker. I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to know exactly what it is that they're supposed to be playing. Yes. Um, initially, she likes Lei, who uh, comes to her rescue during her worst moments, which are basically all because of Domingue. Yes. So. <laughs> He's, like, the worst. Still, I still, like, don't understand how we're supposed to like this character. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, however, after a series of events, she's moved by Domi's sincerity and starts developing feelings for him. And due to her headstrong nature, she su- soon earns the respect of F of F4 boys and becomes good friends with them. To be honest, a lot of the time I'm like, I don't know how much sincerity you can get to be able to accept doing so. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into it, but the, there's a there's a lot to get over. Yeah, yeah. Like anytime we talk about this show, I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> how am I supposed to like you? Okay, so doing so, the stubborn, hot headed, and arrogant leader of F4. He is a senior at Mingda University's Department of Business Management. He comes from a wealthy and domineering family, and he is being primed to take over the family's multinational corporation, the Daoming Group. He takes interest in finance and has earned his uh, first million on the online stock market by the age of 18. So he's extremely smart and very rich from both his family and himself, apparently. I wish I was that great to have earned a million dollars before I was 18. Yeah, no kidding. 
So he never fully matured as his parents were absent for most of his life, and his father died when he was in high school, and hence his mother was often busy overseas leading the Daoming group. At the beginning of the series, Domingsa is spoiled, entitled, and short-tempered, getting anger, angry uh, easily when something doesn't go his way. However, after an altercation with Sung Kai, he unknowingly falls in love with her due to her defiant stance to his bullying ways. He strives to protect her at all costs and is willing to go to extreme ends to keep her safe. To be honest, he kind of sounds like Joe from you. <laughs> <laughs> without the whole like stalker part of it but yeah. the whole like but ba- like not everything else but basically everything else. but basically everything else yeah he's not a very likable character for like the majority of the show i mean if we're being honest yeah it's definitely yeah go ahead sorry i was like he's supposed to be the one that we like like that we root for, for the two of them to be together. Yeah. I mean, I think after everything that they go through, you kind of do want to root for them, but then that's only if you don't really think about the past. Like, <laughs> I don't know. His, his character develops a lot, but that's, that's kind of like not necessarily the best thing. Cause like he started, from really like really low not a good character unlikable (laughs) um problematic and like then eventually becomes like a much better person but it's like do we reward that like oh thanks for not being a jerk (laughs) you know what i mean like it's like, oh, you didn't shove me against this wall today. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not great. And when we get into talking about like the relationship part, like that's like we'll go into that. Yes. So the the other character who's part of this sort of like it's like kind of a love triangle. So uh Domingsa has this infatuation with Sunkai and he becomes super jealous over a relationship that doesn't actually exist but like he becomes like oh i like her so no one else can like her kind of thing but sunkai has this deep like unrequited love crush on hutsale uh or lay as i've been calling him um who's another member of f4 so he's like part of this love triangle that's supposed to be like the big part of this show. So Lei, he's a member of F4. He's also a senior at Mingda University's Department of Music. So unlike the other three members of F4 who study business, so the other two are Zima and uh, Mei Zhao, um, he is a talented violinist which is, like, why he's studying music. Also, he's from a wealthy family, and Lei and Demisa have been friends since they were children, and Lei has been in love with another childhood friend, this, like, really beautiful model actress gal who shows up part of the way through the show, um, who befriended him when he was really young, despite his quiet and withdrawn demeanor due to his mild autism spectrum disorder. So she was the one who sort of drew Lei out of his shell and he like basically fell in love with her, but there's never really been an active relationship 
outside of friendship between the two of them uh, until like a few episodes into the show when she comes back and then he like follows her to France and stuff. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, in reality, he is, he's super protective of Sunkai and frequently comes to her rescue whenever she experiences difficult situations because of Demisa. <laughs> Yes. So he is also grateful for her being there for him during his worst time. So they're like, I love their friendship. Yes. So it's it's very, very sweet, which we'll talk about in like a second. So there are uh, two other members of F4, Zeman and uh, Mei Zhao. So like Zeman is supposed to be the like Casanova player kind of guy. And the other guy has a side relationship that was like you you, t- you told me this last time. Um, that was added to the show uh, just for this version. Yeah. But TBH, no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> it it would have been good in its own show. Yeah. But not when I'm trying to watch, like, you know, these other characters do their thing. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, the other two characters are pretty interesting um, to a certain, like, extent. Like Zeman is uh, very uh, very talented with tea, so he's like very knowledgeable about tea, and he also comes from a super wealthy family, and so does the other one. And I'm not really sure what his like special talent is. Oh, he he was really good. Uh, he had like a photographic memory. Oh yes, so he could like look at something and instantly memorize it, like numbers, especially like when they played the bridge poker game like he would memorize every single card that everyone had and figure out like the deck basically yeah wow i wish i had that i know imagine the things you could absorb (laughs) right okay so the relationships which is like the biggest part of this show and the first one i want to talk about is sunkai and lei um, because she just has this massive crush on him. And, like, I totally get why. Oh, yeah. Because he's, I mean, he's very cold towards her at the beginning where he he just kind of feels like she's always bothering him because she always ends up showing up in the same places that he always is when he's trying to, like, keep to himself. Because he's very, like, even though he's part of this group before, he's a loner all oh, on his own yeah, most time. of the time. And he likes his space and but like she's just sort of always around and she develops this like big crush on him which he doesn't really feel the same way about her even though in part of the show he does like kiss her and stuff and shows romantic affection towards her but it was more of a like rebound kind of thing because he like broke up with that girl that he has been in love with his entire life and kind of kissed Sunkai, which caused so many problems. <laughs> like, like he just made he like is helpful, but also makes things way worse he's, every time he tries to be helpful. He's definitely mischievous. Like he knows that by like kissing her. It's not only gonna like, I don't know. It, it's gonna like cause problems with Domingsa, like for sure. And like he'll like kiss her on the forehead because he knows it'll drive him crazy. You know what I mean? Like so, it's yeah. stuff like that. It's 
He definitely plays it up for sure. Like even when they like get to a point where they're completely platonic, like even just yeah. like putting his hand on her shoulder, like <laughs> when he kissed her on the forehead at the airport and like Demisa was like, Hey, <laughs> don't touch my girl. I was like, you guys aren't even dating. What are you doing? Exactly. Like, uh, like, like he definitely does it more so towards the end of the series to just be funny. Yeah. And like, don't mean so like gets like jealous, but he's also like, I know you're messing with me kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely in the beginning, like don't mean so has no right at all <laughs> at all to be all right to be like mad about stuff like with their friendship. So I like, this is one of my favorite aspects of the show is the friendship that develops between the two of them, between Lei and Sunkai, because it's, like, yes, she had this, like, big crush on him, but they come to this sort of mutual understanding of uh, being there for each other. And he always just sort of ends up being at the right place at the right time for whenever things happen to her. And, I mean, like I said, majority of the time, they're caused by Dominsa. Like, the part where she delivers all this food to him that he ordered, and he, like, hits her with the food. Like, violently. Yes, like, throws it in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And And he only ordered it to prove a point. Yeah. Which was like, look where your family comes from, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, And so, like, she runs out of there and then almost gets, like, assaulted by these two dudes who are like, oh, this girl is sad. Like, we should hurt her. And, like, he comes to the rescue. And so they're sort of, like, hiding or, like, hanging out in this building or whatever and she's sitting there basically crying and he just out of the blue like does a handstand and she's like what are you doing and he he says he goes whenever you feel like crying do a handstand so the tears don't fall and i was like (laughs) so sad it's it's so sad but it's also like really sweet because he was trying to make her laugh and feel better yeah and he's always just sort of there for her whenever she is having some of the worst moments uh, between, like, him, uh, Dominsa being just, like, a super jealous not-boyfriend and being crazy. And he... My favorite... that My other favorite... One of my other favorite scenes is when uh, Dominsa, like, kisses this other girl who's, like part of this arranged marriage thing that like his mom put together and like broke them up and she sees them kiss and she's standing right there with lay and he like asks her if she needs anything. And then she goes, I just, I think she says something like she just needs a minute or something. And he like, or she goes, I need your back or something. And he like turns around so that she can lean up against him and just cry. And they just sort of stand there together and he lets her feel whatever it is that she needs to feel in that moment without really saying anything, but also being like her rock. Yeah, because I think she like didn't want him to see her cry. So that's Mm -hmm. why she wanted him to like turn around and for her to like lean against his back. So he wouldn't see her, but yet he could still be there for her. It's very sweet. It is very sweet. 
And, like, there are times where I was watching the show, and I'm just like, I wish she would pick, like, I wish her and Lei could be the couple that you're rooting for. (laughs) I know. Especially, like, for the first half of the show, for sure. Oh, my God. Because Domensa is just so horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand. (laughs) But, I mean, I like where their friendship ends up going, like, by the end of the show. Um, that they can still be like super close friends and the whole like taunting of Dominsa just for the hell of it, because he knows that he can make him super jealous just by doing small things. Like, uh, my favorite one is when, uh, Dominsa shows up at his house with the cookies that Sunkai made for him for his birthday. And he's like, look, look at these like cookies that, that she made for me and he's like trying to sleep or whatever and he goes look look at the cookie and he just takes it out of his hand and shoves it in his mouth and he's like hey 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 she made those for me give that back because they're like cookies of his face or like his different expressions and stuff and he's like wait (laughs) he goes that was mine that was my cookie and he's like well it's mine in my belly now yeah Um, I love how, did you notice, like, during that scene where she gave him the cookies, like, sometimes they weren't burnt, and then other times they were burnt? (laughs) Yes. It it kept switching between being, like, a burnt cookie and a not burnt cookie, and I'm just like, um, I thought you were supposed to be this, like, super world-renowned, like, chef who won a, like, a contest girlfriend. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, those cookies, like, some of them were good, and then some of them were not so good. (laughs) They have timers for a reason, honey. I'm just saying. <laughs> to be fair, okay. she did make it at her bubble tea shop. Like, <laughs> Oh, I know. She did. She did. She tried. I mean, it's the thought that counts when you give gifts, right? Yes. Okay. So the most important, apparently, relationship of this TV show <laughs> yes. is Sunkai and Dominsa. And honestly, for the first, like, majority of the first half of the show, he is... The worst possible person you could ever imagine. Like, he's a bully. He's mean. He hits her. He scares her. And, like, becomes super possessive of her. And, like, they're not even, like, friends or together on any sort. And he just, like, becomes a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, it's very troubling to watch. And it just, it's, it makes you really conflicted. And like, eventually you do like, learn a lot about his background and realize that a lot of, you know, why he is that way is because of his, you know, upbringing and, you know, just who he's, I don't know, who he surrounded himself with, I guess. And just like, he's just got a lot of issues. Yeah. But honestly, you can only like, you can only use that to, to some extent. Yeah. At some point, like he has to kind of like, yeah, like you have to like accept the fact that he's just like, not a great person, especially at the beginning of the series, not a great person, but we like, we definitely do see him evolve. We do see a lot of character development for him. And I think that's supposed to be the whole point of like over the, over the episodes, you're supposed to see how 
his character develops. But I think in a in a small in a way that they're using the whole like girl saves the guy who's not good thing, yeah. and it's not it's not great. Like that is not a great trope at all. No, it's not. Because it make it it follows the trope that like women can change men, and it's like why like why should we have to do that? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like she definitely she doesn't like the person who he is in the beginning at all. It's not like eventually she was worn down into liking him. It was it wasn't until he started like acting like a decent person that she was like, oh yeah, this is the person I like. Yeah. Which is, like, fair enough. Like, he definitely should act a lot better than what he was. But, like, why does she have to be... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Why couldn't he just be a better person? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like, thinking about... um, Because he did a lot of, like... So, they're supposed to be adults, right? So, they're supposed to be in college. He's a senior in college, which means... So, he's not even 18. He's, like... 21 21 22 years old so he's like supposed to be a full-fledged adult like in a sense and you you notice that like when he does stupid childish moronic things that even the other three members of f4 are kind of like why are you doing that (laughs) yeah like Like, dude (laughs) you're an adult stop when he like steals her shoes from her locker and like messes them up and he's like wearing them they're just like really are you a child like <laughs> exactly like this is your prank what yeah <laughs> they, like because he keeps trying to get them to like help him with pranks and they're yeah. like no like, like we i have do this <laughs> i have class or like other responsibilities like can you please grow up yeah and that's why like I've also noticed that like a lot of the things that happen in this show uh also include a lot of vi- a lot of violence. Oh yeah. Like Dominsa's sister like beats him up on a regular basis. Not that he doesn't deserve it. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's very like like she's not afraid to like slap him silly. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that uh so like kind of including some of the tropes that are in this while talking about their relationship, the one thing that bothers me the most out of all the things that happen is the trope of a forced kiss. Yeah. So in this particular show, I think it's one of the worst ones I've ever seen in any of the shows that I've watched, whether it be like uh, an American drama or a Korean drama. Like this one is so bad. So let me set the scene for our listeners so they understand what's going on so basically what happened is that lei and sunkai kind of share this um, moment together up on the roof uh he had like drawn something on the wall in chalk and he got chalk dust in his hair and she was like dusting it off of his hair for her or for him and some mean girls like across the way like record this video of this thing happening and they like run over and they're like Dominsa look at this video I thought you liked this girl I thought she was your girlfriend like why is she with Lay and so he gets like violently angry about it and like smashes the girl's phone and 
TBH, she kind of deserved that because low blow girlfriend. Like, well, really? she, she's not a nice person either. Oh, no. And so he's like, I don't believe you. Like, this is a fake video kind of thing. So he goes up to the roof to, like, see if what she said was true. And Sunkai happened to be back up there because she'd left her books up there after she was talking to Lei. And so he, like, I don't know if, like, approaches her is a good word because it's way worse than that. Because he basically accuses her of being a bad girl. He's like... He goes, you lied to me. You said you were a good girl, but you're really a bad girl. And he, like, starts to, like, like, I don't know what it's like. I'm trying to, like, like, forces himself over her kind of thing and, like, threatens her. Like, uh, towers her. Yes. Like, towers over her and starts, like, walking towards her. And she's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And he basically, like pushes her against the wall yeah and like like he grabs her by the wrist and like throws her against the wall and she's like what the hell is wrong with you like what did i do to make you so angry and he's like yelling at her and she keeps telling him like let me go let me go and she keeps trying to like get away from him but he always grabs her and throws her back against the wall and he's like yelling at her and then just out of nowhere punches the wall next to her head with as much force as possible. Yeah. And, like... His knuckles are bleeding. Yeah. And she, like, pushes him away and, like, runs. But, of course, she, like, gets around the corner and then, like, stumbles over herself. Which, I mean, it's entirely possible that that is something that could happen because she's, one, scared that this dude just, like almost punches her in the face and it was like screaming at her and probably hurt her. So now she's like laying on the ground, like trying to like get away. And he comes around the corner and she's like basically scared to the point where she can't even get away from him. And he's walking toward her and she's like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. And he like reaches down, grabs her, throws her against the wall and like, tries to kiss her, and she's, like, crying and trying to push him off of her and run, and he keeps trying to kiss her, and she basically says, I'm begging you, please stop, and he lets her go, and she basically just crumbles into the fetal position on the ground and is just bawling, and, like, he tries to, like, touch her to, like, Cause she's crying and he's like trying to wipe away her tear. And he goes, I promise I'll never hurt you again. And like puts his forehead against her. And I'm just sitting there like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, no. Cause they sell it as this like sweet moment that he's like, I'll never hurt you again. And I'm like, you shouldn't have hurt her in the first place. <laughs> like, Not cool at all. Not cool. No, it was, like, frightening. Like, I can't even imagine, like, what was going through her head. Because first she thinks he's going to hurt her. And then he, like, tries to, like, kiss her. So she probably thinks he's going to, like, assault her or something. Oh, yeah. And, like, she just... There's nothing that she can do to stop him. Like, she keeps trying, and, like, he just overpowers her so much. And, like, 
I'm like, am I supposed to like this guy, like, after all of that? And then he, like, tries to soothe her, and I'm like, dude, you just touching her is, like, not gonna soothe her. No. No. And it's like, I feel bad we're, like, 50 minutes into this episode, and (laughs) all we've done is kind of, like, slam it. Like, there is quite a bit of this show we do like. It's just, like, especially reflecting on it last week, and then doing it again this week, there is a lot that is really hard to kind of get over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, but there is quite a bit else where yes. they evolve this character, but. Yeah. So like they do share a lot of like, once that whole, that that's like episode four. So like you're four episodes into the show and you're like, good God, am I supposed to like this guy? Yeah. So, I mean, as the show goes on, like he, does change a lot and they share a lot of like super sweet moments. Like I really like when he is like waiting for her in the rain and they, they get trapped in the elevator and he basically almost passes out. Cause he's like running a super high fever or whatever, but they're like sleeping in the elevator and he like reaches up and like moves her hair. And like, they have this, like they kind of share this moment together, which is like really sweet and stuff. And, uh, their kisses that they share, which, like, you get really excited about, like, them eventually getting to the point where, like, they're in a relationship and they share a kiss, which is always super awkward between the two of them. Yes. It's like, I don't know, because, like, you mentioned, um, that, like, it could be because of, like, where the show is taking place. So, like, because it's a Chinese drama that maybe they don't, um... They want to maintain their, like, innocence in a way. Yeah, it's definitely... I feel like it's definitely a more conservative, like, country where they... That PDA maybe isn't necessarily a part of how they express their feelings. Like, like I doubt you'd ever see, you know, a couple just, like, full-blown making out, you know? Like, the way you would, like, on American shows where everyone's just sleeping with everyone. But... <laughs> like Riverdale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, like, their kisses are are more meaningful and they're very, very, like, delicate to the point where, like, their lips are barely touching. Like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there yeah. was... And, like, not even... Like, like, I don't even think her lips were pursed, like, at all. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, they were just, yeah. like, nor I don't know. I can't explain it, but. What is it? One of the kisses on the cheek that she gives to Domingo, where she just, like, basically just pushes her face against his and then runs away. I'm like, what? I, what just happened? I was going to say, yeah, it's definitely, they're not, like, passionate. But you definitely still feel that passion because there's a lot of buildup. Yeah. To them. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, my favorite kiss that they share between the two of them is when uh, she, like, grabs him by the tie and, like, pulls him towards her and, like, kisses him. Because that's the first time where she's initiated a kiss was then. But then, like, immediately after that, she, like, berates herself for, like, showing that much, like, like forwardness like yeah. being so forward and i'm like no girlfriend you're fine like you're fine yeah big like big time they really emphasize like her 
keeping her innocence. Like anytime they do kiss, obviously he always like wants more or like wants to kiss more. And she's very much like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This isn't going any further. You know, put distance between us, like very much just like, yeah, yeah. You can very much tell that they're writing her to be very like, no, innocence. (laughs) Yeah. So like they kind of have her as the like klutzy girl, which is like a big trope. And then also because he's plays straight into that like rich and powerful young man who's like a super eligible bachelor, but like the mom doesn't think that the girl is correct for him. So like she does everything she can to like destroy their relationship from like just uh, what is it making her choose to leave him by making sure that all of her friends' parents get fired and then have to move and all of these different things. She like basically sabotages every possible way that they can be together. Sabotages Sunkai's parents her friend's parents basically forces Sunkai's parents to move away to where she has to like live on her own, mm-hmm. which like is a huge deal. Puts like her, doesn't she put like her scholarship in jeopardy or something? I don't know. She does like everything to make her life miserable and her like friends miserable. And sometimes very, very proud Mm-hmm. You know, she she would hate to know that like some like her being selfish for her own feelings would cause so much pain to everyone else around her. So there's a yeah. lot of like a lot of them breaking up, getting back together, being forced apart, getting back together, you know. Yes. Dating in secret. <laughs> Which never ends well because, you know, the mom was going to find out eventually. Of course, going um, on a hunger strike. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, before we talk about, like, that, my... I do love the fact that, like, the grandma or whatever was, like, a big supporter of the two of them being in a relationship. And I love the part... Is it the grandma or, like... She's, she's, not, a, she, she's not a grandma. I think she was, like, the... Like, essentially, like, the nanny, but, like, she would also run the house. Oh, gotcha. Okay. She would, like, run the house, take care of the kids. Like, she... And she did that for, I think, like, uh, Domingsa and Domingsa's father. And, yeah. like, possibly... Uh, not. I don't think further back, but, yeah. Yeah. I love that she, like, Sunkai basically uh, gets hired by this lady to, like, work in the household. So she's, like working in the house while they're not supposed to be dating, but they are dating. And then like the mom has no idea that this is all going on, but it does lead to like one of my favorite scenes of the whole show, which is when uh, she gets sent in there to go wake him up because everyone's too scared to like wake him up because they always (laughs) end up getting fired or something by him. So she like goes in there uh, Sunkai goes into Dominsa's room to like wake him up and she like leans down and gets like super close to his face and she's like talking about how soft his face looks and like how sharp his nose is when he's asleep and not talking and then he like reaches around her and grabs her and pulls her onto the bed and I'm just like oh my god it's so cute except they don't kiss which is like stupid 
No. Because that would have been a perfect moment. No. But of course, uh, Sunkai is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he's like, hey, hey, why are you so violent in the morning? And I was like, we should be asking you that question. Yes. <laughs> um, but, I mean, uh, they end up getting, like, broken up. And basically, like, Dominsa has decided that he can't live his life without her like we're talking like romeo and juliet status almost like real close real close like almost exactly obviously yeah and he goes on a hunger strike (laughs) yeah (laughs) because that's the only way that he can really show make a move basically like that's his only move to sort of fight against his mom because it's She's trapped like, him in the house completely. Yeah. Refu- like, will not let him go anywhere. Will not let him have visitors. Basically, is like he has guards outside his door mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, there's no way in or out. So the only move he has is to refuse to eat. Yeah. And so, what is it, Domin? Or, uh, Sunkai kind of finds out about like this whole hunger strike thing and she basically convinces his mom to like let her come talk to him to try to convince him to eat and she tries to break up with him again and he's like no like I know what you're doing and it's not going to change anything kind of thing so she basically decides that well if he's on a hunger strike I'm on a hunger strike, except I'm going to stand outside your house in the rain and refuse to leave. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) And so you've got this, like, Dominsa is, like, basically starving to death in his nice, cozy, warm house, while Sunkai is exposed to the elements and starving to death outside of his house. And standing. Yeah. Like, not sitting, like, standing. Standing. And I don't know how long she's out there. Long enough to, like, basically convince his mom that, like, the two of them are not going to give up. And and it's basically comes down to the, are you willing to, is your pride, like, that important that you're willing to kill your own son over not letting him be with the woman that he loves kind yeah. of thing? And she basically decides that she can't do it anymore. And... Like, basically lets them be together. Yeah. And she decides to sign over the, like, the company over to him. And decides to, like, find her own life or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, figure the out what was to always, do, so. The company was always going to go to him. But obviously, she wanted to make sure that he was married to someone appropriate. Someone who could handle being a part of such an enterprise and that he was in like the right obvious state of mind. And like, he tries to like win her over, like he makes this whole proposal to win her over, but obviously never had a chance to like even show her that. And that was part of the convincing her that he was actually better with Sunkai because like she helped him be like a better, smarter person that was actually fitting for the company. Like he came up with really good ideas. He was more thoughtful and she realized that overall this was like a good idea. And yeah, I like that. She eventually was like, you know what? Now I got to go like find out who I am. 
Yeah. I was like, yeah, all right, you go, girl. I mean, you were terrible as well. But, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I remember that because, like, he, Dominsa spent a lot of time with Sunkai and her family and basically came to the realization of, like, how they were able to do all the different things to be able to make ends meet and how to survive. And he learned a lot about what it is to run a business or to be a good businessman, thinking about all aspects of the company. And he, like, came up with this brilliant thing, which he wanted to give to his mom. And he's like, it's all because of her kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I'm glad that it ended up going in that direction. It's just, they went through a lot of crap to, like, get there. Like, a lot. And we just scratched the surface of, like, everything they went to through. Because there was, like, the whole arranged marriage thing. And then, like, the the girl who was supposed to be marrying Dominsa became really good friends with Sunkai. And there was, like, this whole, like, be my best friend and my maid of honor so I can marry your boyfriend, like, thing. And it was just, like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, there was a point where, like, they went on vacation, and then she got trapped out in the snow, and they had to, like, huddle into, like, a cabin, and, like, I mean, there's, like, a ton of story that we didn't cover. So much happens. Like, it's 50 episodes, like, which, I mean, we've talked about shows that have had, like, seven seasons or seven plus seasons before, but at least those had, like, an overall structure storyline. Like, this is, like, 10, 15 <laughs> seasons worth of stuff in, like, one season. Yeah, for sure. Lot. Oh, my God. You you really like the part, like, that part where they, like, you like that trope where they, like, get trapped in the snow. Yeah. And you were like... <laughs> Like, I was like, I stay. swear to God, if he takes his clothes off and says, we need to huddle together to get warm, I'm going to die. And then he immediately starts unbuttoning his shirt. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> like, these are the tropes I'm here for. <laughs> yes. Like, the, I love that. I love the, like, um, because, like, they do all of these ridiculous things where, like, he, he, like, ch always tries to, like, get her to notice him. And she's always like, you need to stop. Like, <laughs> I just, like, that stuff I'm here for. I'm not here for the, like, violent, like, forced kiss thing. But I will say when she gets, like, kidnapped. So, like, she gets kidnapped at one point in oh, the yeah. show. And, like, because of some sort of, like, Dominsa, like, did something to this, like, mob guy thing. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. Like, did something to him, like, years ago. And, like, Dominsa is, like, really good at uh, some sort of martial arts. And, like has to end up, like, taking them on, but, like, there's too many of them, so they almost beat him to death. I mean, there's, like, a ton of stuff. Well, because, like, what did they say? Like, they kidnapped her, and then, like, he, they said, you have to come alone, and so, like, he shows up at this place, and there's all these dudes that are, like, uh, going to, like, fight him or whatever, and they told him that if he fought back, they would kill her. So, of course, yeah. he's not, like, gonna fight back, but he's, like, getting, like, two-by-fours broken over his back oh, and, like, yeah. hit in the face, and he's, like, bleeding and all of this stuff, but, like, but he ends up 
like almost dying, but she like gets in the way and then she almost dies. And then they wake up in the hospital and then they play a prank on her that he like actually died. And you're just like, what is happening? (laughs) There's just so much. And then there's the whole fact when they get like kidnapped by their friends as a prank, but they think it's real. So they go like days on this what they think is a deserted island. Where they oh my God. Kids. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> There's like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like a lot of it's fun. Like it's, it's so ridiculous to the point where you're just like, like, wait, what's happening? Like what happened to them now? Because they got kidnapped by their friends twice. Cause they got locked in a room in a house together because they're like, we're going to make them be a couple, but they were already secretly dating, but not telling anybody already. And I'm yes. just like, and then like his bodyguards or whatever, like break into the room. And he's like in the bathtub, in his clothes, in a tub full of water. And I'm like, Oh, cause he, like he was trying to figure out a way of like, Making Pretending. sense why he was there. Yeah. He's and like, I'm, I'm washing like, my hair. They're like, with your clothes on? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I'm washing my clothes also at the same time. Don't you do that? And you're just like, wait, what? Oh, I think the reason why they did that was because of the product placement. Because it was using that dandruff shampoo or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You t- <laughs> the product placement in this show is just astronomical. Like, like not... Yeah. Not subtle in any possible way. (laughs) It was great. It was amazing. Okay. uh, Like, as we, like, kind of wrap up, because we're going kind of long, but I feel like this, it's warranted. But uh, can you talk about, please talk about uh, your thoughts on the soundtrack of this show? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, first of all, there's, like, five songs that are played throughout 50 episodes. um, And and they're played repeatedly. Uh, Like... Where, like, a normal show would have, like, music, like, score cues, where it's just, like, score playing? No. They play actual songs. Two of them are callbacks to the original, which is, like, fair. Like, one of them's the theme song of the original series. And, like, they're good songs, but, like, they start to lose the effect that they're supposed to be giving after, like, the 50th time you hear uh, Like a River. (laughs) Oh, it's River by Bishop Briggs. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Like, there's, like, and there's, like, three songs that are, like, I don't know, like, what they're supposed to convey different emotions, obviously. Like, there's, like, the super dramatic, sad one. And then there's, like, the upbeat, like, watch this person, like, power walk into the room <laughs> uh, that would be river by yeah. bishop Briggs. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um you know there's like the heartbreaking like say something i'm giving up on <laughs> they play that every time dominsa and sunkai break up which is like literally yes. every other episode <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going like as soon as it plays you're like oh here we go <laughs> here, here we go you're like something's happening <laughs> yeah i I will say though no go ahead um about uh river is uh what was it when this show so like i was watching it i caught up before the show had put all of its episodes up so i was like 
they would put up two episodes twice a week. So there was four episodes a week they were putting up through, like, I think the show aired between, like, July and August. And there was a lot of people tweeting about it during the time. And I was, like, deep into this, like, Twitter universe of, like, Meteor Garden. And someone was like, yeah, that's great. But ha- but have you ever seen Dominsa walk into a room to River by Bishop Briggs? And I'm like, okay, like, I get it. Like, I mean, because it was when he, like, walked into the room to, like, save her after she got kidnapped. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that was great. But then you hear that, like, every time he does that kind of thing, you're just like, okay, I'm over this. Yeah, exactly. It's like every, every, like, powerful dramatic moment plays that. I don't know. It. I just wish they had more. That's all. That, like, they clearly had a budget. They were filming in gorgeous areas. Yeah. Like, all over Shanghai. And then they went to London. Which was, like, a whole thing that we didn't even, like, get into talking about, like, the London stuff. Yeah. Because his um, uh, his mom's company, like, she works over there for mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. And the last thing I think we should talk about is the weird freaking wedding that they had <laughs> in this show. <laughs> Which is like the where, weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, you mean where his sister dances to River and performs I mean, it to Sunkai as if that's yeah. completely normal? I mean, it was amazing. And oh, I fantastic. I sent you the video, the video of the choreography. Yes. Um, which was done at a dance studio here in Los Angeles. And it's amazing choreography and like super powerful and stuff, but had no place in a wedding. No. <laughs> but I mean, the whole thing, like they basically like knocked her out, kidnapped her, brought her and put her in a wedding dress. And she wakes up and the other three members of F4 are there, like basically trying to convince her to marry them and not marry Dominsa and like convince her that it is like some sort of dream. So she's like thinking she's in some of a weird freaky dream where she's going to get married to Dominsa, but she's like trying to get past like Lei and Zeman and Maisal and stuff. And it's just like, what (laughs) it's very very strange i mean eventually once they get to the actual ceremony part it's sweet but it's like why did it have to happen this way (laughs) do you remember the kiss they shared after they get married do you remember that kiss he basically like kisses her whole face like his mouth just engulfs like the whole Like, from her nose down. It's really funny if you've ever, like, have you watched that kiss that she last, like, no, watched the show? I don't watch remember it. it being that dramatic, but that sounds about right. It's like, it we're married now, I can actually kiss you proper. <laughs> like, he goes in to kiss her, but, like, he starts at her nose. And, like, basically, like, it looks like he's trying to eat her face. Oh, my God. I have to watch it's, that for sure. Yeah. I'll see if I can find a clip of it to send to you. Nice. Because it's, like, ridiculous. But the wedding is just, like, awkward and weird, and it's sweet at the end, and her dress is really beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, but it's just, like, a weird way to be like, oh, you're getting married. But, like, all this other stuff is going on, too. Also, it was, like, in a super empty room. Yeah, it was, like, in a warehouse. (laughs) Well, it was, like, in a banquet hall that was just empty. Yeah. Like, a very, very plain one, just empty. It was like, did y'all, like, just, did y'all run out of money at this point for 
Dude, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of people were talking about the wedding, and they were like, yeah, that was really, like, weird. And they're saying, like, the best wedding out of this whole, like, set of uh, shows and movies, like, all of the different versions of it, that their favorite one was from the, uh, like, original, the Japanese version Mm. of it. And I was like, that's the one I can't find, which is the Japanese version of Boys Over Flowers. So if anybody knows where I can watch that... Yes. Uh, let a, let let me know, please. Um, d- I did you see any of the other versions of this? You haven't, right? No, I can't remember. No. Okay, I highly recommend Boys Over Flowers, which is available. I think it's it might still be on Netflix, but it's definitely on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So you should watch it. It's great. I was telling you about how uh, attractive the Casanova guy is last time because he's really pretty. <laughs> yes. It's Boys Over Flowers is Korean, so it's the Korean version. And it's more dramatic than this one, by the way. Yeah. Because she's, like, crazy. But, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Somebody wears sparkly pants. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, So, do you have any final thoughts? I would say, like, if you're, like... If you're super into, like, rom-com tropes or just rom-coms in general and you're, like, willing to read subtitles, I say give the show a shot. It's pretty good. It's very interesting. Uh, it's it's gorgeously filmed. Uh, so, yeah. And if you have watched it, you know, have you are your thoughts completely different to ours? Are they the same? <laughs> How do you feel about Domisa? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, I know we spent a long time talking about the things that, like, bothered us or that we didn't really like about the show or that was weird. But, like, overall, I really did enjoy the show. Uh, Because, let me tell you, I was freaking out. Like, I'm sure Chelsea, my family, everyone got sick and tired of me talking about it. I'm like, oh, there's two more episodes. Or, like, oh, there's more. There's more. And I was just, like, really deep into watching it. So, it's very clear that I did enjoy the show. They were just some aspects of it that were just problematic and not tasteful and not great. No, but you definitely get sucked in for sure. Oh yeah. Cause you like powered through this show real quick when you started watching it. Yeah. It's 50 episodes. Like, like they're full, like what hour long? Yeah. Some are like an hour. Some are a little over an hour. So it's a lot, it's a lot of media to consume all at once, but I mean, binge watching is, two weeks it's pretty good maybe maybe even less than that i went yeah yeah. (laughs) it's basically a two season show in one yeah so that's basically what it is um so with that i think we're gonna wrap up this week's episode of tea time the show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website teatimewithkc.com feel free to reach out to us via twitter or instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc you can also chat us up on facebook at facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc also if you have any questions comments or suggestions for future episodes feel free to email us at teawithkc at gmail.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe 
subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. And lastly, don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek Media Network by visiting Geek2GeekMedia.com. The Twitch, the Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes, as well as the links for our Slack workspace and our Discord server so that you can chat with us in real time if you feel like doing that, because it's super fun. We talk about food a lot Uh, And the invite links for those will be in our show notes as well. And until next time, bye. bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.